Hi, everyone. This is Gary Wilkerson, and you're watching again the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. I have the joy and the privilege of being here again with my dear friend, co-worker, and uh, I believe someone who has a great heart for God and a great mind of the things of God and really brings scripture alive, particularly as we're talking today about justice. I'm here with Keith Holloway. We've been discussing over the past few weeks the attributes of God. If you haven't watched the last few weeks, I encourage you to go back either after this uh, video today, episode today, or or um, if you'd like to watch uh, to, to start those first and then uh, be uh, watching these in, in order because we discussed um, what are the, the need for the attributes, we've discussed what are some of the attributes, and then today we're actually going into one of the attributes, the justice of God. Uh, I like to call it, Keith, that, and this is, um, it's, it's an adjective, uh, to, it's a descriptive word, the justness of God. You know, when you talk about the holy, God being holy, we don't say, um, you know, the, 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 we say the holiness of God. Uh, because it's, that's the the nest is the descriptive of who he is, not something that he does. Justice almost kind of describes what he does. He does just things or uh, acts in just ways or gives forth pronunciations of justice or uh, judgments of justice. And those are things that what he does. But so I, I'm, I'm kind of using I'll be using the word today a little bit justness of God. Uh, you don't have to use that word obviously, and nobody does. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, I just like looking at it. It helps me see more that it's something he is rather than something that he does. He, what he does is just, but it comes out of the justness of his very character and nature. So, so we've been working together for a good number of weeks now, Keith, and I'm enjoying it. And, uh, welcome to the podcast again. Glad you're here with us today. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be with you again. And, um, uh, I've been enjoying both the uh, study and preparation, but also the presentation of the attributes of God, and uh, I think it's a timely subject, and I think it's uh, speaking to people uh, during this time of challenge when so many people are trying to gain a footing, and uh, I think many are going back and looking at the foundations of what they believe about God, uh, and um, I think it's been the Lord's leading for you to uh, tackle these subjects, and I appreciate the opportunity to walk through the study with you. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. Um, why don't you start us off? Uh, give us your general thoughts on or definition, if you prefer. Um, where would you start if um, I, I just walked up to you in the in the hallway and said, "Hey, Keith, you know, like, what's, what are your thoughts on the?" I know it's a big question, the justice of God, or so maybe maybe starting with the definition, if you will, or uh, how you see uh, the justice of God. Sure. Well. Um, Genesis starts off saying, in the beginning, God, and John 1.1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, so I think that's a good place to start. Uh, when we uh, look at the topic, the justice of God, I'm in agreement with you that the justice is an outflow of His justness. Uh, God is just. The Bible says that very clearly in a multitude of scriptures. Uh, it makes it clear that um, He is the um, not He doesn't have just the quality and the character of justice, but that he himself is the essence of justness, uh, of what is right, what is fair, what is even handed. Uh, he is just, therefore he is uh, impartial. He is non-discriminatory. Um, and so we have to look at the justness of God. I think that's one of the things right now, Gary, that people are probably uh, struggling with, you know, 
uh, we hear uh, as we experience life and we come across its challenges and in some cases its crises, the question comes, why does God allow this? Why did God do that? Uh, what is God up to? You know, uh, and and to answer some of those questions, we have to come back to the foundation. Uh, the Bible says that God's throne, uh, the foundation of God's throne is righteousness and justice. Uh, and so that rightness and that justice flows out from, you know, from who he is. And um, understanding that he doesn't call what uh, his justice is as being right, because it is right, but it flows out of him who is right. And therefore, uh, we have to come back to that foundation. So I think uh, just saying as simply and yet as profoundly as we can, that God is just. And as he is the essence of that, then from him flows all righteousness, all justice, uh, even if it isn't understood or perceived, or frankly, even if it isn't liked by us as humans. Uh, the Bible says that all of his ways are righteousness and, and all of his ways are just. So yeah. uh, what he does flows out of who he is. Yeah. Actually, that's the number one thing we want to say today is that justice is something that God does, but it is something that is innate in, in the essence of his being. He is uh, you know, it's, it's easy for us to understand God is love because John tells us God is love. Uh, but we could say just as clearly God is just. And that being not just something he does, it's something that he that he is. There is no, um, from what we understand about justice, there is no outside of God, like an umbrella covering him that he has to look up to and say that that situation of injustice demands me to adhere to this outside law and bring it into myself so that I could rule in this situation that he there's no outside rule, there's no outside system, there's no outside regulations that he has to look to and adhere to. Rather, and rather, rather than that, he actually has in himself all of these things that are right and true and perfect and loving. And so justice comes out of that. And many of them, Martin Luther, Calvin, and even the early church fathers, Often talked about this, and when they did, they, they 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 would say whatever he does is just. He's not trying to do just things. It's and so when God does a thing, it becomes just. Not God looking to do something that is just. It's so whatever God wills to do, it it becomes a just action in itself. So every decision he makes is just, which is huge when it comes to as you said our own life. Um, you know, maybe times like this or at any time really. Um, it's huge to know that everything that God wills is just. Uh, that's that's huge. I mean, uh, particularly when you think in the terms of justice being um, a, um, a response to injustice to some degree. I mean, God is just even if there's no injustice. He was just before there was injustice in the world. But for us as human beings, the importance of justice is because the world is so unjust. And so when when your six-year-old daughter comes up and the doctor says she has leukemia, if you if you're uncertain about God's justice, is He real? Does He do things right? Is, is His will there? Shouldn't He have stopped this? Well, it's going to affect your worship. It's going to affect your opinion of God. It's going to affect your intimacy with God. It will cause you to be oftentimes cold and distant and questioning of God if you um, you know if if you go through a financial crisis, uh, maybe a bankruptcy, 
you know, well, where was God? Is, is he unjust to not care for me? And that's most of the Bible when it talked about injustice. The Psalms, for instance, talked about a sense of God missing, a sense of him being inactive, that he's, he's letting things go that he shouldn't let go. So if we don't understand the justice of God, you know, we're going to be uh, we're going to be missing something inside of us. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense to you or not. Or um. sure, uh, Deuteronomy thirty-two four says that He is the Rock. His way, His work is perfect. For all His ways are justice. He is a God of truth and without injustice. Righteous and upright is He. That is quite a quite a mouthful. It's something that we really have to stop and not just read, but we have to really let it let it seep into our spirits uh, to declare that He is the Rock and His work and His ways are perfect. And um, we we know from Paul speaking to the church at Corinth that we all, even at our very best, the height of our own intellect or experience we still see through a glass darkly. And um, when we look back at the foundation of our lives of being God, uh, we cannot ascribe to him uh, things that are not rightly to be uh, ascribed to him. We can't attribute things to him that would uh, be uh, not just counterproductive, but it would be completely opposite of his nature. Right. So when Deuteronomy states this, uh, same in Psalms 145, verse 7. Um, it says that uh, he is righteous in all his ways. I picked up on the word righteous in all of his ways. You know, all is coming back to those uh, phrases that we use in some of his uh, attributes about omnipresent, uh, omnipotent. He's all powerful. He's all present. He's all knowing. But he also is righteous in all of his ways. His ways reflect his fullness. Uh, we see the we see. I mentioned once about like having um, the uh, what do you call it? the prism and how that prism is one unit, and yet from it come a multitude of colors. Uh, and uh, uh, you you see aspects of it different. It seems each time you look at it, and God's attributes are like that. The, the his disclosing himself comes in shades and, and tones and hues for us that we have to look to and to discern. And if we discern uh, wrongly, then we can find ourselves coming to a wrong understanding of who he is, and we can be really, really confused and find ourselves set on a, on a rocky path. When I was thinking this week with you, Gary, about the God and his justice and, and uh, the fact that he is just, um, you, you know, I, I, I'm trying to keep our theology somewhat on the ground where uh, people can can reach it. Uh, but uh, I was wondering, you know, why is it that when bad things happen, uh, things beyond our control, uh, things that might have detrimental impact to us, uh, why why do we sort of uh, impulsively turn and even if we use the most kind phrases and we say it with a smile, uh, we still accuse God of injustices. Uh, something happens. Why did God do that? Well, maybe he didn't do that. And why did he allow that? Well, we have to come back to saying uh, who God is. 
And that's really the question uh, that we're trying to tackle as we look at the attribute of God's justness yeah. is what is our framework of him? What do we really believe about him? Because it impacts then how we live life and how we perceive him in our daily living. Yeah. If, if you say, why did God allow this? The, the question in itself is probably rooted somewhat in a misunderstanding of his just nature and his, his righteous nature. It's I wouldn't go so far as to say it's an accusation against it, but I think it is a, uh, it shows what we talked about, I think it was last week or maybe two weeks ago, the low view of God as opposed to the high view of God. Uh, and, and every attribute can have, you know, you can have a high view of God's love, but a low view of God's justice, which I think is happening in the pulpit and the pew and the church and the congregation today, is there's almost a total absence of an understanding of God's justice or of a, even a, of a discussion or preaching or a biblical exposition on justice, it's it's almost a non-starter. It's, it's almost an absent thing. And so that's leaving us in our congregations and our churches, um, leaving us very vulnerable to Satan's attack on the just nature of God. You know, and that's, you started with Genesis, didn't you? And did, did God say, you know, is that a just decision that he made for you not to eat of that particular tree? That's, that's an injustice, you know, and people... People hate injustices, don't they? You know they, um, and so the uh, th that's really important for us to understand that there has to be a, a return, almost a, re a revival of um, the attributes of God, um, uh, and particularly I think we as ministers, you and I are both ordained ministers, and in the pulpit, uh, um, so that the the congregants can come alive to this. Uh, we were both we both been reading A. W. Pink, uh, um, and his. Um, article on the justice of God. And I just want to read this one part of it, uh, speaking about the need for conversation, and particularly from the pulpit, about justice. He says, never was there a greater need for the ministers of the gospel to proclaim the inflexible justice of God than in these evil days in which our lot has fallen. Not only is God himself, uh, not only is God himself insulted and grossly dishonored by the perversions of his character, which have been so widely promulgated during the last few decades, but multitudes of people have been fatally deceived thereby until this generation has arisen to whom the deity of the Holy Writ is an unknown God. All around us are those who have erroneous ideas of divine clemency. He goes on to say, they suppose that only the most extreme and exceptional cases, if even then, will indeed he punish the crimes with everlasting fire. By such ungrounded assumptions, do they uh, strifle any stifle any occasion, convictions of conscience, and steel their hearts against any apprehensions of danger which may visit them, persuading them that God is so full of mercy that his justice is vitally inoperative. And so, um, and what a great saying there. What a great quote of, of, of us needing to um, shout this message from the housetops, that, that God's justice is important for us to think on, to meditate on, to understand the scripture, to get clear definitions in the Greek and the Hebrew, not to know uh, to the very nature and character of God when it comes to this point of justice, or we'll have we'll end up with a low view of God. And um, so, so I, I hope that this podcast today helps people return to a high view of God, particularly in this area of of justice. Um, so. Uh, and, and you use the word righteous. Uh, those words are somewhat different, but somewhat interchangeable. Would you say? Would you agree to that? I do agree. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, I was. I was uh, if you look at a couple of scriptures, I'm gonna throw out. Okay, and then if you have some more to comment on that, on, the, on this as well, um, justness uh, in in the Trinity. If we talk about the very nature and character of God, the Trinity, John 17:25 says that God is a righteous Father, and the word righteous there can be. Uh, it comes from the exact same Greek word as just. Let me let me just do a little sidebar here. Uh, the Greek word I probably can't pronounce it very well. Daka. Daka anosuna um, is, is, is one of the Greek words that's used most often for justice. Oftentimes when the word righteous is described in the English translations of the Bible, they're, they're, just, they're taking that Greek word, and more often than not, they're using the word righteous. But it comes from the Hebrew word that actually means justice. And so um, if you use that Greek definition, there's all kinds of scripture verses for instance, Matthew 6, 23, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his diakayasuna, his, his justice. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You know, almost everybody has that quoted if it's not on their coffee cups or refrigerator or on a magnet. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Well, uh, you know, I want all these things added unto me, so I've been seeking his righteousness, but I never really looked at that as being seeking his justice seeking that he is just. And when I say seeking his justice, I don't mean God send lightning on that person because they've been unjust towards me. I'm talking about, I want to know, uh, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God, seek his, the justness of his nature so that I could be at peace with God so that I could understand all his ways. When I am suffering, I can understand the, the, the justness of God. When things don't go my way, I can understand the justness of God. When I don't get called on or I don't get the, the glory that my flesh wants. That, like, God was just in not allowing that glory to come my way. God was just in allowing these things to happen. And, and you know, when, we, when you talked about earlier about God allowing things, it's anything he allows is just. He, he never allows things that, that are, I mean, they may look unjust or they may actually have a form of evil to them, but if he's allowing them in his justice, his, it's, it's a right decision that he's doing that. He wasn't wrong to allow that thing. And so, uh, seek ye first kingdom and his justice. Uh, those in in the Sermon on the Mount also, uh, those that hunger and thirst after, again, that Greek word there is justice. Those that hunger and thirst after, not just righteousness, but hunger and thirst after justice, they shall be filled. Uh, this is a powerful topic. We can be filled with power and anointing and the glory and the majesty and the high view of God by hungering and thirsting after understanding the just nature of God. So, so this is so important that the Trinity itself, the very nature of the triune God, is filled with a sense of justice. Uh, he, again, uh, John 17, 25, he is a righteous or he's a just father. 1 John 2, 1, Jesus Christ the just or Jesus Christ the righteous. How about the Holy Spirit? John 16, 8, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of justice or righteousness. And so, one of the one of the roles of the Holy Spirit even is is to convict us that God is just. Never doubt His justness. Never doubt His faithfulness. Never doubt His rightness. Never d d uh, doubt His decision making. Never accuse Him. Who are you, O oh man? You know to to tell God what to do. It's, you know Romans nine, I think it is, right? And uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, Keith, I'm talking a lot here. Uh, uh, give us some feedback. Where, where where's your mind going with some of this? Or what's some other other things? you think of when you think of the justice of God or the justness of God? Well, it seems that we're hitting on the uh, the same 
uh, same thread here. Uh, and just so people know, we don't confer with one another sharing notes and uh, sharing scriptures. Uh, we study, seek, pray, and prepare independently and come together. But there seems to be a bit of a thread here that is really saying to us how vital it is for all of us uh, to have the right view of God. Uh, that we we and to do that we have to come back to the scriptures. It is the it is the foundation of our life and uh, our relationship with God, and it is the source by which we have the greatest opportunity of knowing God as He really is. So, de- seeing His justice is not something that we're able to determine on our own. We don't have the right to uh, characterize Him uh, given our limited perspective. Uh, we have to come to the to the true source, and all of those verses you're speaking of show that that word uh, just or justice uh, and righteous righteousness can be often interchanged. Uh, is saying to us that when we seek uh, first the kingdom of God and His justness, yeah. not just His justice, but His justness, uh, the, the who He is, yeah. that everything will flow out of that. Uh, you'll be able to see life in the right way. You'll be able to make better decisions. You'll be able to understand the scriptures more. You'll be able to understand more of how he thinks and how he moves and why he does things. Um, he is not beholden to man. He owes us nothing. Uh, he is not bound to do or not do because of our will or our needs. Uh, he is operating really out of himself. Um, we've referred to Ephesians 1, 1 many times that God works all things after the counsel of his own will, uh, and he does what he wills, and what he wills is righteous and just. And uh, and from that, it gives us a framework of understanding him and better to be able to live life. When we find that we may have a wrong concept of God, I think it comes from a few possible ways. One, we could be ignorant of who God is because uh, we haven't wanted to know, or we simply haven't really been taught. Maybe we haven't gone into the scriptures. We've discounted the Bible as just being another uh, religious relic. Uh, It's just part of this religion of Christianity. There's other books and other religions. We've become ignorant of God, uh, of who he is, and his uh, outworking of himself through the laws that he set. Uh, We also could perhaps, uh, as you mentioned, sometimes it's a sad thing that we as ordained ministers have to say uh, without elevating ourselves in a place of pride or arrogance. But there are in many churches, unfortunately, some uh, truths that are not being taught and some uh, misteaching of people from, even from the Bible, uh, adding men's opinions and thoughts and ideas to it, and uh, really bringing, unfortunately, bringing God down from that high view, uh, because he's so unattainable, and it just can't be that he is the way that he is, um, and so being mistaught. And then, of course, there is the fact that we can uh, we can refuse to believe, we can resist, uh, we can rebel against um, the revelation that God has given to us of himself and say, I just disbelieve that. Many would say when these bad things that happen, uh, uh, if God were a God of love, he would never do this. Well, that's making man, I mean, sorry, that's making God in our own image. That's uh, a reconstruction of God. 
that mm-hmm. says uh, God wouldn't do those things or God wouldn't allow those things. Um, we can start to have misconceptions. I, I ran across a um, uh, along this line, Gary. I ran across a quote from uh, Billy Graham uh, from his Decision Magazine way back 2010. But uh, I'd like to just read it so it'll only take a moment. But he he says, modern man does not like to think of God in terms of wrath, anger, and judgment. He likes to make God in his uh, to, he likes to make God according to his own ideas and give God the characteristics he wants him to have. To remake God to conform to man's own wishful thinking so he can make himself comfortable in his sins. This modern God has the attributes of love and mercy and forgiveness, but is without justice. Man does not want to be judged or punished for sin, so he reconstructs God along the lines of tolerance, all-embracing love, and universal goodwill. Hmm. And that is happening. We see it happen. And the effects of it are found not only in our society, but we find even this effect is in the church. There's many in that, that go to the church, carry their Bibles, uh, use the term Christian, but they've, uh, in essence, uh, reconstructed God somehow to be more in our image, something mm-hmm. that we can more, um, thinking that we can more uh, align with and understand and feel close to. I think more palatable. Uh, uh, it's good yeah. PR to speak of God in certain ways. Sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No. Uh, so it's I, we're really just kind of uh, repeating, but it's so vital that we do have uh, from the scriptures with the help of the Holy Spirit, an elevated view of God and and be able to say that God is who he says he is. And he says he's just. And out of that justness, as you said, flows everything that is good and right according to who he is and according to his plans and his purposes. Mm-hmm. This is one of the key elements that we find in Christianity. When someone converts to Christ and they come under uh, the authority of God uh, for their lives and begin to learn the Christian life, we call it discipleship, disciple-making. One is to to submit our will to his, that we say not our will, but your will, not our ways, but your ways. We even have to say not our thoughts, but your thoughts. We we have to come under these attributes of God and lay hold of those. Uh, yes, by reasoning we should use our we should use our brain. That's why God gave it to us. But there's also a place where faith has to step in, and we have to say, even if I don't understand you, even if I can't fully comprehend you, even if all my circumstances around are saying something to me, I say I still cling to your own words, God, that you are who you say you are. Yeah. Uh, it's utterly vital. Uh, vital. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, we're reading this uh, A.W. Pink, but among many things that we've been using to research, but he stated something very similar to Billy Graham, uh, that guilty sinners have no desire to cultivate a closer acquaintance with one who is of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look upon iniquity. Uh, that was Habakkuk 1, uh, verse 13. And and this is true. Uh, to to see God as He really is uh, is somewhat of a fearful thing. Uh, when we realize that He's not going to cut corners, He's not going to grade us on a curve. Uh, he's not going to lower the standards. 
Thomas Jefferson once said that my heart trembles when I reflect that God is just. That's the right view of God. You talk about the high view. Brother, we need that high view. And when we see it, we we will, like Thomas Jefferson said, you know, we'll tremble. And in the scriptures, I'm I'm amazed how we find so many times that when God made himself seen and known by man, they would fall down. They would fall on their face and uh, they would begin to tremble. Uh, they sometimes they wouldn't be able to speak. Uh, they would fall in his presence. Uh, they would lower themselves because of that high view, because of the highness, the glory, the, the overwhelming aspects of his uh, nature and his uh, attributes cause us to bring ourselves low. And men today don't want to be brought low. We don't yeah. want to think less of ourselves. We live in a place where everybody think highly of yourself, build yourself up, uh, not in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, build yourself up by comparing yourself to others. And in order for you to feel good, look good, sound good, be good, and avoid any kind of judgment, uh, we've got to bring God down. So mm-hmm. that's why I think how wonderful it is that the Lord inspired you to move toward these attributes that we can try uh, our very best to uh, resurrect uh, by the help of the Lord uh, a view of God that is just and right for him. Power, powerful thoughts, man, and it's really provoking me, and I, I'm hoping— People that are you know, uh, joining us in this conversation are, are are getting that same kind of sense of being being provoked and 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 I hope there's not a question. Well, I mean, I know I wouldn't mind if there was, but 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 I certainly wouldn't be surprised if there was kind of a question in people's minds that are listening to us, like, well, what is you know, is this really important to me? This is not practical. This is this going to help my marriage? Is this help me raise my kids? Is this help me in my business? It's going to help me sort of like, a, you know, prosperity teacher might say, like, you know, you're going to get that new job and just claim that house. Is this going to, this message in the God's just, and I, and I think it really is. And, uh, you know, just let me re-hash uh, with some of the things I think I hear you saying and, and put a little bit of my own thoughts into it, this deconstruction of God that, that we've constructed him in our own image. And so we want a God who, uh, does these certain things for us. It's, it's very similar to the Native American when they built a totem pole. They they carved on that totem the attributes that they wanted for themselves. So strong as a bear, so they would carve a bear. Uh, um, high as an eagle, wise as an owl, uh, strong as a lion. So they would put these creatures on this thing and then they would worship that. In reality, what we've done is we've created a God in our own image where we built this totem of of God only in the attributes that we most want for ourselves, the, the God of success. Uh, you know, so it's, it's a totem of God is God gives us favor and God gives us kindness and, he, and he's long suffering. So he excuses my sin. And so we built it and we worship that. And when we do, we're missing the full nature and character of God. There's no way we can have wor- high worship or, you know, like, like you talked about these men that bowed down when they saw the presence of the Lord. Well, if you only see, uh, you know, just uh, just uh, small portions of God and not Him in His fullness, uh, the attributes that you choose, then God's not going to reveal Himself in all of His majesty. I, I don't think He's going to uh, show His splendor and His glory and His majesty to someone who's saying, "I'll only accept you, God, in the term my own terms. Uh, I'll only receive the attributes you give to me." And so there, there's there has to be a sense of of God um, uh, receiving you know, the fullness of God and, and accepting the fact that God is, 
you know, some of the linking attributes would be probably Keith would be holiness with justice or justness, uh, righteousness with justice, um, wrath of God with justice, with um, um, judgment of God. You know, so so these are, and they're not like um, two sides of God. Like on this side is mercy, mercy, kindness, grace, peace, joy. On this side is anger, wrath, justice. It's you know, God is one, as we've been talking about in the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. I think um, Keith, if we could, um, we're going to come back next week. I think this is such a big topic. Uh, you know, we, we can't discuss it in 30 minutes. So why don't we take a break here? and uh, come back next week and continue on talking about justice, break it down a little bit more, um, kind of because today, you know, one thing I noticed in our conversation today, we've been talking a little bit more about justice in in the retributive type form, retribution of God. Uh, God will judge sin. God is just against that, or when he does something that seems difficult to us. But there's, a, there's another part, the same side of the, uh, different side of the coin, but the same coin, of, of of God's being just is very favorable for us. Without it, we would be much more wounded. We would be much more abused. We would be much more taken advantage of, uh, and our future would be less bright if we didn't understand that God was just. And so it's the the other side of the coin too. We'll talk about that a little bit next week. Thanks, Keith, for being with us on the Gary Wilson podcast. Look forward to are you okay to join us again next week. Sure, be happy to. All right, we'll come back and we'll get right in because this is an important topic. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed uh, this week. See you next week. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in World Challenge's mission. Thank you for listening and supporting.